On this week's show, I speak to Karen Jerzyk, a conceptual portrait photographer from America. And this show was originally recorded as part of the uh, my original podcast, uh, but I think it's important to re-release that as, as part of my new podcast. Uh, so there is some difference in the audio uh, recording, uh, so you have to bear with me on that one. Uh, but here we go. Here's Karen Jerzyk. What's your story? Where did you start? So I actually, I mean, when I was a kid, I, I was always really artistic and I, you know, when I was in like kindergarten, even, you know, when I was like two or three, I started drawing. And when I was in elementary school, my drawings were pretty good. Um, But then, you know, self-assessment as I got older and I looked around and I'm like, no one, everyone's drawing better than me. This isn't, and this comes into play later, but it's like, I, I, I always self-assess and I knew that I wasn't really, I wasn't creating what I wanted to create with my drawings. I couldn't portray artistically what I was thinking. So I tried different things. I tried drawing, I tried sculpting, I tried painting and none of it really worked. So I kind of, um, you know, in high school, I, I didn't take a lot of art classes. I kind of was more into the videography aspect. And then I went to college and I was an English major and I didn't really do anything with art. And while I was in college, I got really into music, Um, you know, like going to concerts and whatnot. And I started, I was one of those people where I would show up like 10 hours early to a concert so I could be in the front row. And I used to sneak a camera in my pants um, so I could, you know, take a picture and be like, look how close I was. And somehow that translated into me actually doing concert photography. Um, and what I would do is I would go to like really tiny venues where they didn't care if you had, you know, they didn't care what kind of camera you had, professional, point and shoot, whatever. And um, I started building up a portfolio of photos from concerts. And, you know, over time, that portfolio, I, it gave me, you know, confidence enough to actually ask for photo passes to bigger shows. So I pretty much started music photography, I guess. That's, that's how I started taking photos, is mostly just of bands, concerts, stuff like that. Um, and then I started kind of like playing with Photoshop. That was around like 2003 when I started. Um, Started playing around with Photoshop. Didn't know a thing about Photoshop. Still kind of don't. Um, (laughs) I probably only know like 10% of what there is to know. But um, I started kind of like messing around with that. And um, then in about 2009, you know, after almost what 2003 about six years of doing concert photography i had a friend suggest to me to join model mayhem uh i don't know if you've heard of that site but you know it's i don't really use it now but it's definitely a good starting point when you want to start shooting models and you don't you know who do you ask when you want to start shooting models you can ask your friends but you know most of my friends are like i don't that's stupid i don't want to do that 
So I started shooting people in 2009, and I was terrible. If I look at my pictures from back then, I want to puke. I can't. It's it's embarrassing, you know, because I didn't have any concepts. I didn't, you know, it was like, hey, let's just meet up in this town and just randomly take pictures. And, you know, you get what you're, the outcome is what you put into it. So back then I thought I was doing awesome. I was like, oh, I'm going to do these really crazy angles and but I look at it now and I'm like, oh, what was I thinking? So, so do you plan um, your shoots more now then? Oh, absolutely. Um, I actually will not do, I am adamant that I don't repeat what I used to do in the past. And I, I, I don't like just going out and just on a whim shooting. I will do that. Usually I'll have a concept and may, the location might not be exactly where I want it and whatnot, but I'll have a general idea of what I want to do. Um, and it always works out better when I do that. Um, you know, so sometimes. What, what form does that take? Do you do you sketch it down? Do you mood boards? What's your? I actually I actually do sketch it, and sometimes I send people like really bad stick figure drawings of what I want the scene to look like, but. It gets the point across, you know, like I'll, I'll sketch out, if I know what the location's gonna look like, I'll sketch out the room and then, you know, just the stick figures of what I want it to look like, where I want people standing, um, just so they get like a general idea of what's going on. And it really helps because, you know, once you get there, it's, it's more streamlined and people aren't wait, you know, just standing there waiting for me to think of something. And that's the other thing I don't, you know, I don't want all these people in a room staring at me and me trying to think of an idea. It, it's stressful, so I, I always try to think of ideas and concepts well before the shoot. Does that include what what team members you're going to take with you, or do you do you have a general team that you work with? Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, for the past like year year and a half i've been working with uh, a clothing designer ashley rose um she makes a lot of like really beautiful dresses and gowns and um sometimes i'll tell her an idea and she'll make wardrobe based off that idea and um i'm i work with different makeup artists uh stephanie strazier is one that i've worked with a lot um also in the past couple years the three of us make a really good team and um, the nice thing about them, most of the people I work with, um, you know, I don't work exclusively with them, but pretty much everyone I've always worked with, the, the really beautiful thing about it is, you know, like I'll go to Ashley and say, the clothing designer and say, hey, you know, I have this, this specific idea, um, you know, the specific place and this is the model and she'll actually make a piece based off that and I'll, I trust her. Um, I don't see what she's making. She she lives about an hour away from me. Um, so, you know, it's not like I'm over her shoulder watching what she makes. And she'll send me updates, you know, every, you know, a couple times a day. Like, hey, I, I worked on this. This is my progress. And I've never been disappointed with anything she's done. And same with the makeup artists. I mean... I don't know a thing about makeup anyway, so I'll just say, you know, they'll say, what do you want me to do? And I, I trust their judgment, so I'll tell them, if, if you have an idea in mind based off the concept and the idea that I've come up with, please, you know, feel free to do whatever you want. So um, I like doing that. I mean, I don't want 
I don't want to have full control. I do like having control of the concept and what things, you know, what my part of it looks like, but you know, what the other artists part looks like, I actually really like when they have their own input. So I've, so do I've you been think really the collaboration side of things comes from your videography background because videography is very much a team sport right yeah and it's like i think i it's um i think you're you really wear yourself thin if you if you try to micromanage every single aspect of a shoot i mean because essentially and i i say this all the time i i do want my photos to look like a still from a movie so even though i'm not doing videography i still want it to be to have a story so i I want people to look at it, and it, I want it to look like it, it. That one still was taken out of a movie, so um, it, it does get pretty theatrical at times. And I don't think I would be able to handle doing everything myself. Um, even though sometimes I do make, you know, my own wardrobe um, or I do my own makeup, but I actually don't like doing that all the time. Um, one of the one of the funner shoots I did was we have this show <clears throat> over in the United States called uh, Oddities. It's on the Science Channel, and um, this guy Ryan Matthew uh, Cohen he he does a lot of he he collects everything you know just any kind of specimen in jars you could think of. It's all real, and I did I shot him and his wife in their apartment in New York City, and um, he he did this amazing layout in there. They have a dining room and I took a picture of them sitting at their dining room table and he went out and he bought, um, he had a pig's head, he had an octopus, he had silverware made and the silverware, the handle was actually uh, tentacles to kind of match the octopus. But he, I mean, he did this whole beautiful spread on his table and I didn't have to do anything for once because normally, I do that. I, I'm the one who sets everything up. And so that was actually fun because I could kind of just sit back and relax for once and be like, oh, this is nice. I just have to kind of, you know, position the, the two people, but everything else was done for me. So, yeah, it was nice. <laughs> I think it's I think it's fair to say that a lot of your work has a, a darker twist, sometimes with some humor injected in that. Would you say that's that's pretty spot on yeah definitely um especially like my self-portraits um i mean the, i ha i have the dark part and that comes from in in 2011 my father passed away really unexpectedly so i i really i use before it's funny because everyone says you know i look at your portfolio and i can i can tell when that happened in your life because i just it wasn't clicking like up until that happened with my father, the whole emotional, like I was doing darker stuff, but the emotional part wasn't clicking with my work. And then, you know, after that happened with him, I saw so many things differently in the world. And I, at that point too, I was actually using my photos for therapy. It was because I, you know, I was having a lot of issues and I was having trouble talking about all the issues I was having because of his death. And um, I, it I was absolutely using my photos to kind of like get out, you know, to show people how I was feeling. And it, and it felt better for me. It, it felt better to go and talk to someone because I'm, I'm not good at talking about that kind of stuff. So um, 
you know, and that was 2011 and as time goes on, you kind of, cause back then I was doing a lot of like art really, you know, like fine art nudes too. I wasn't doing anything really theatrical, but the fine art nudes were just really like, like really thin people, just really desolate areas. And you could tell there was a real heaviness to it. And then as time went on, I started getting kind of more theatrical because I was healing. So you can actually see that I think in my photos and then the self-portraits, you know, the humor, um, that started because last year I had gotten arrested for trespassing because that's, <laughs> and it, it became, it was actually on AOL in the UK for some reason, like it just, it, it was surreal and it just became this huge deal. And um, so I got, I got arrested for trespassing in August of 2014 and my court date wasn't until October 2014 so I had a few months where I had to like really be good so you know a lot of people too people can be really catty in the art world too so I was reading all the comments and you know people were saying some really hateful things like she need to be needed to be knocked down a couple pegs and you know it's about time that finally happened to her and I'm like so there's all these people out there to want that want to see me fail they probably hope I stop taking photos because this happened to me so I was like, how can I, how can I shut these people up, but still take photos? So I cleaned out this room in my basement and I started doing the self portraits, which I, up until that point, I wasn't even really doing portraits of anyone. All my shots were, you know, wide angle shots and abandoned places. And so, yeah, I started doing that and just making a fool out of myself. I hate pictures of myself. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to hate the pictures of myself anyway. I might as well go all out. So I just, you know, I'd like make, I'd scrunch my chin up. So I had like five chins or like, you know, just really distorted features. And it's funny. I, I was shocked that people, a lot of people actually like those better than <laughs> my other work. So I kind of ran with that. But yeah, oh yeah, the portraits are definitely, definitely a lot of humor involved. Um, but still with a bit of a dark twist on them. Yeah, I mean, they're ba they're basically dark caricatures of people I know, too. Um, you know, I have one of someone that, it reminds me of someone that's like, she gossips all the time. It's just always gossip and just like, you know, you got like that creepy uncle or like, it's it's basically dark caricatures of people in my life, so. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's certainly a good way to be able to turn around and use that as a way to say, screw you. <laughs> right, yeah, and that was the thing is, yeah, it, it it's good because everything bad that's happened to me in my life, I have to say like that getting arrested thing, you know, I, with my father passing away, um, it's always had a silver lining. It's always been, it's weird to say, but it's always been a blessing because it's, it's changed, it's changed what I do artistically. It's changed me as a person. So, I mean, you know, when I got arrested, that was like the best thing that ever happened to me because I got all that free publicity. When it was happening, I was like, oh my God, like my mug, it was on the news, it, like the local news and my mug shot was on it. And I was like, oh my God, I looked like a serial killer. I looked terrible in Everybody my mug shot. always looks like a serial oh, killer. Oh my God. Yeah, it was, it was bad. I, I looked like a man. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. And that was like some of the comments on the internet. I'm like, oh, I look like a man. But um, yeah, I mean, that it, 
it was like the best thing that ever happened to me because it had that not happened i probably wouldn't have started doing all those portraits and you know so there's there's always a silver lining i mean i don't i i don't want to sound you know that everything that happens to everyone is always going to have a great outcome but i mean definitely if i could give advice to anyone it would be you know take everything with a grain of salt and run with it you know if if life throws lemons make lemonade you know it's a cliche saying but yeah it all it all worked out in the end <laughs> i think a lot of the time the skill in being an artist is having the ability to turn those life events around and and channel them into your work yeah i mean I, and that's the thing too i mean when when things happen to you 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 have two I, I feel like you only have two options you can you can crumble and you can just quit and you can give up whatever giving up means you know just stop you know quitting your art just anything or you can run with it and i i'm the kind of person that i know if i don't actively go out and do things you know i'm just gonna sit at home and i'm gonna get depressed and that especially after my father passed away i was like i need to get out there and shoot immediately i i, I can't just sit at home and let this you know just eat at me and that's yeah you, you gotta you gotta get yourself back up and just start doing it again because with me just moping around isn't an option you know so yeah it's it's hard and some people do crumble and i think and that and that's kind of what the terrible thing about the internet is is um when people want you to stop doing something they're gonna keep jabbing and jabbing and jabbing and you know if they want to see you fail they're just gonna keep taking digs at you and you gotta realize that like i said you you can't give in to that you know it's but that once again that's it comes with being an artist and it comes with kind of getting your name out there i i realized that it's not it's not going to stop you know it's a it's it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows so <laughs> i i learned that i'm going to have everyone you're you're going to have to deal with it so that's so life what, what are the what's the end products of your work are they for customers is it personal work where does where does the money come in for you? Um, it's hard. I mean, I'm still trying to figure it out. I I've found a lot of my stuff is personal work that becomes for customers because what I've found is, um, I mean, I don't know if this is true for where you are, but it, over in my area, I'm, I'm near the Boston area. Um, I'm only like four hours from New York City, so I kind of go back and forth a lot. But um, it, it's really hard to find clients to photograph, especially, I mean, my my work is so pigeonholed into being kind of dark. I mean, I can do, if you want, you know, really glamorous, if you want me to take glamour photos, I'll do it for money. But, you know, I, I'm pretty pigeonholed into dark photos. So, you know, a, a lot of people would look at my stuff and be like, eh, no, I'm not. I actually shoot weddings, too every so often i mean it's not my favorite thing to do but people trust me to do it and it's you know it's not like i'm throwing fake blood all over the place and then <laughs> shooting these people getting married but that that's kind of the thing with shooting a specific style is people actually 
think that. The funny thing is when I was shooting nudes a lot, you know, a few years ago, um, when I was doing like just strictly nude work, um, someone had emailed me and they were like, Hey, I, I was going to ask you to shoot my wedding, but I don't, I don't get nude for photos. And I was like, what are you what, like? Why would you be getting nude for your wedding photos? Like the, it, it's weird, but people actually think that that way. So, you know, I, I definitely, like I said, I'm pigeonholed in a certain way. Now it, the whole like trade work and all that, it, it's rough because I'll have, the work that you the work that everyone sees on the internet that I put on my Instagram that I put on my Facebook page that's the trade work I do and that's me working with all the people I trust you know, like it's I said like me as well. yeah it's um you know I know when I work with this model we're gonna get good results and with the clothing designer I'm gonna get good results and for me it's hard for me to make money too because I don't it's hard for me to get paid and know that I'm not going to get a good result. You know, say just any, anyone off the street is like, Hey, I want, I want you to take pictures of me, but I want it to look like what you've already done. Well, you know, a lot of it, it, I know it's my job to make the picture look like all my other stuff, but a lot of it, you know, emotes from the model. Um, you know, if the model just doesn't know how to pose or they're not into it or it, it's hard. So I, I essentially, I make most of my money I found through the years through selling prints. Um, and that's, you know, when I take a photo, I always ask myself, is this, is, is what, is this concept I have in this photo, something that someone would purchase? Is it something that they would hang on their walls? Um, but yeah, it's, it's really hard for me to get clients, you know, to just take portraits or, you know, because I, I'm not really doing really standard stuff. So um, most of my money is made selling prints and, and it's hard. You know, there's some months that are really good and, you know, some months no one's interested. And I think that's that holds true with really any artist uh, with any medium. Most of the mine comes through from uh, commercial work uh, for hotels and things like that. So I, un I understand exactly what you mean about wanting, about having your personal stuff and putting that out there and people seeing you for that. But I still get the other jobs as well come in. Uh, yeah, I mean, I absolutely, you know, with doing stuff like you're doing, it's like, at le you know, at least you're working in your field, at least you're making money off taking photos and, and th that's hard for me because like I said I'm very I I shoot very specifically and uh admittedly I, I I'm not a very technical photographer so I probably unfortunately wouldn't be able to do um commercial type shooting unless I, I would have to take some pretty extensive courses because I you know I normally shoot with available light or natural light, most people like calling it available light. Um, you know, I've been using really cheap lights for like the portraits and the self-portraits, but other than that, I mean, I I don't think it might, technically, I don't think I would be able to shoot commercially, um, but I wish I could. I mean, if I could, if I could do that and make money, you know, it's to for support me, myself. It's, it's more a case of, if somebody waves some money in front of me, then I consider it a job. 
Right. No, ex yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's even better it's that it's, you know, yeah, it's, but it's even better that you're using your camera for the job, you know, it's, it's better than working retail or, you know, it's, it's at least a job within sort, you know, it, it's an umbrella of where you want to be, so. Yeah, I mean, like you, I also shoot weddings as well. Yeah. It's, it's literally a case of if somebody puts money in front of me, I consider it. Right. Because, because times are hard. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, and that's the thing, like, I just, I wish people, I have plenty of people asking me to shoot them, I mean, plenty, but it's, it's just baffling me to some, baffling to me to sometime, sometimes when, I, I just wish everyone, if you're, if you're a person that wants services from another person, whether you want to get a tattoo from someone, whether you want to go to the grocery store because you're hungry and you want food, you, you need to give someone money. If it's something you need and something you want, um, it, basically if you want someone's services or you want someone's goods, ask them the price, ask them the rate. I would never, I would never approach like me personally, I would never approach a model that I really wanted to shoot and just be like, hey, you want to shoot? Knowing that that model accepts payment, you know, that she's a working paid model. And the same thing with me, I'm, I'm shocked at, you know, I get emails all the time, hey, I want to work with you. But they never ask rates or never ask how much it would be. And it's, it's just really weird because I think everyone assumes that I'm going to do it for free and in my head I'm thinking well aren't they thinking how do I live like how do I pay bills how do I you know when when I want something and there's a price on it I'll pay the price and it's, it, just it's pushing a button isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and yeah it's, it's just funny to me and then you know sometimes I'll I'll tell people my rates and then you don't hear back from them and it's it's just I don't know. It's it's a never-ending cycle, and it's it's hard. But See, yeah, my, my theory has always been we've done it to ourselves. Because yeah, that with the proliferation of digital cameras and everyone being a photographer, there's been a race to race to the bottom to be the cheapest, and and we've taught the customers that it's okay to pay a little bit rather than actually value decent work oh yeah absolutely um that's actually one of the reasons why i got out of concert photography is you know after what first of all i you know i'd go to concerts and people would be they would have photo passes and they would be using ipads and cell phones and i was like oh my god i can't do this anymore but you know it's when when I'm in my late 20s and you have a 15-year-old whose parents just bought them, you know, an SLR camera and now this 15-year-old is getting photo passes, them getting photo passes is the greatest thing in the world to them. Um, and, you know, the 15-year-old is more apt to, if they were contacted by a magazine and the magazine says, hey, we, you know, we, we, we really need a picture of that band member for, you know, a specific guitar company 
do you mind if we use that picture? You know, the 15 year old just being inexperienced. I mean, anyone can do this. I don't, I don't want to trash on teenagers because some of, you know, it's, but you know, typically when you're young and inexperienced, it's like, Oh my God, a magazine wants my photo. Yeah. You can have my photo. And they just give them a photo. And it's like for a guitar company, for a full page spread, you could be charging, you know, anywhere around a you know a thousand dollars or something like that and they're just giving it away and it's like by them doing that then everyone realizes oh hey we just go to the young ones or go to the inexperienced ones and just you know get get the photos from them (laughs) yeah exactly um but yeah we did like you said it's definitely and that's and that has been the culture is yeah everyone going and and the funny thing is is the photos aren't always the best but yeah they're they're either free or they're the least expensive so oh yeah absolutely it's been just a just a vortex just sucking everyone into this black hole of not getting paid see a lot of people blame it on the new photographers and it's never been that way for me it's it's been that that race to the bottom it doesn't matter if it's new or old guard when it comes to photography if you charge less you'll teach people that it's okay to pay less right absolutely and that's the thing too i mean it's we can't i i i do hate when people are like oh it's a it's a newbie and you know all that kind it's like there's always going to be people doing things for the first time in life i mean there's not gonna the first photographers didn't die and then everyone couldn't take photos again you know it's like yeah it's just it's it's just a culture it it doesn't matter when people started taking up photography it's just the culture there has started like you said with just the age of digital cameras and that you know that started what probably the early 2000s and then just started going downhill from there because now everybody has an slr i mean everyone everyone has a quote-unquote good camera and it's just like when you know a plumber when you need a plumber and you know you hear that person say oh my brother's a plumber he can do it it's like well your brother's not a licensed plumber so he he may or may not do the job well and i think it's been that way for other jobs too like i said plumbing electrical that's always a fun one. Oh, my brother knows electrical and it's like uh but yeah it's, it's definitely it's the culture has come around to photography and it's, it's very prevalent with the the music industry as well when when mp3 started to come out and the emergence of Napster and iTunes and things like that because I I come from a music background as well um, previously I was a, a nightclub DJ and producer and audio engineer and all the same arguments are in the music field as well so you've got analog versus digital you've got old versus new people and then it all got upset after the Napster and everyone now thinks that music should be free. Yeah, it's I think about that all the time. Even movies now. I mean, you can you can literally download anything, movies, music, pictures, um and it's kind of scary to me. Um cuz at what point cuz I remember when I was a kid I used to love getting 
records and CDs and cassette tapes and actually holding it in my hand and looking at the artwork. And I'm the kind of person that I, I read books too. I can't read a book on a screen. But yeah, it's scary because it's like, where is the money to be made? Yeah, even in music, how do these people make their money? It's not touring. I don't know how it is over there, but our, our gas prices are, right now it's okay, but I mean, our gas prices since like 2008 have been pretty steadily through the roof. So uh, these ours, bands- Ours are generally about double yours. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's terrible. So, I know, <clears throat> I, I mean, I, I wonder how these bands make money. I think that they make money off merchandise, I feel, because merch, you can't wear a digital shirt, you know, yeah. like, you, and, and that's about, I think that's their only saving grace. But once again, bringing the artistic side into it is you have to create merchandise that people want to buy and wear. But other than that, I mean, when these bands tour, you know, like you said, everyone's downloading their music for free. Um, they're just hemorrhaging money and gas when they go on tour, um, but they're selling merchandise when they go on tour. So I think that's, I mean, I don't know, but yeah, the, the digital age is a scary thing to me and it's it's getting worse and it's it's good and it's bad at the same time. And I feel like a lot of people don't use it for good. I mean, one of my one of my ways of moving forwards is I've if there's been a roadblock in front of me I've always gone and created my own path. So in the music industry I actually created my own record label, and my I still get the occasional uh, royalty check coming. Mm -hmm. And for every download that you that comes down from iTunes, a record label gets roughly fifty two p. So that's half a dollar. Yeah, I mean... And then that's got to be split between the record label and the artist. Uh, so you you look at these, these artists that go number one, they're doing that on about 10,000 sales. And out of that, they're probably getting maybe 4,000. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 hard because even, you know, with with photography, it, it's kind of disappointing that even magazine sales have significantly dropped because um, no one's and even around where I live, no one's really buying newspapers either. It's all digital. And I don't know at what point. And that's the thing. Um, is it, it's going to take someone having to just revolutionize something. It's, it's everything becomes the same thing until so, and it's hard because it's like, well, what hasn't been done yet? How can I make money? And I feel like it's just all, it's all been done and it's, it's all hopeless to make money. You know, it's, it's hard, you know, the flip, it's the flip side of, of it is there's a lot more creative freedom now because oh, those, yeah, those, those blocks that originally told you what you should be listening to, they're practically gone. Um, yeah. It's the same for the photography side of things. There's no there's no rules anymore, which is how the likes of you and I can create what we do. Yeah. I mean, 
but because of that too, not not to uh, be a glasses half empty all the time, but it, it makes <clears throat> you know there's a, a a bazillion more more things to look at out there now. It's like you really got to separate yourself and reinvent yourself because you know it's it's funny like I when I look through like tumblr or whatever a lot all the photos look the same to me like there's like groups of photos it's really weird it's uh it's like you can't you look at the photo and it's really good but you can't differentiate between who took it you know i'm when i look at the photo it's not just one person's name and mind it's oh my god like a billion photographers shoot this way and it's really good the the photos are excellent but it's like the same kind of filter and the same kind of concept. And it's like, despite this being really good, I mean, it it it's, doesn't really stand out because everyone's doing it. And it's weird. There's just like these little pockets of photographers that are all kind of shooting exactly the same way. So it's, and it's not that they're probably, they probably don't even know who, he, who they are in, re- in relevance to each other. It's just that because there's so many photographers out there, you know, shooting now that it's it's going to happen like it's it's going it, to there's just like a lot of repeating. And you, you certainly managed to maintain definitely you know it's one of your images when you see one of yours. Yeah, and I I I try so hard to to you know, it's it's funny because I'll I try to change up what I'm doing if I notice that, especially in my area, if I notice that people are kind of doing the same thing or setting their shots up the same, um, you know, that's when I, and that I see that and I pay attention to that. And that's when I say to myself, it's time to kind of try to do something different. And which is good because I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to keep repeating the same thing over again. Like for a while I was doing like kind of like levitation stuff. And then, you know, a million people did it before me and a million people will do it after me. But I just, you know, I was like, eh, I'm playing this out in my work. And a lot of people in my area are doing that. So it was time to think of different things. So, but yeah, that's, I I try, I try to separate myself without it being too over the top or, you know, I don't want it to look like I'm trying too hard to be, you know, too different. And it's hard, and that's, I mean, that's, that's what separates, you know, being successful or just kind of getting lost with everyone else. And I think that's what we all struggle with, you know, and you're, you kind of, as you move up the ranks, you have to, I'm not really very business minded, but in terms of seeing, you know, am I, am I overplaying this? Am I doing something that everyone else has done a million times? There's definitely, I'm a huge advocate of self-assessing. And if I, I sometimes have to step back and look at myself and look at my work and say, is this on the level I want it to be on? Do I need to start thinking of different things or do I need to move on? So, and I think that's really important to succeed. And I see a lot of people kind of, you know, always patting each other on the back like in these in these photography forums you post something and you really get no feedback i mean i don't think people should be really tearing into each other but a lot of the times it's like oh that's great that's awesome 
Uh, they don't even say what they like about it. It's just words like excellent, great, awesome, and that doesn't really help. And I tend to like extremes. You know, right? Love it, awesome. Hate it, awesome. Like it, I failed. Yes, exactly, exactly. And you know, even in terms of criticism, I love criticism. I even. You know, when I go when I go in forums, and even if I see someone speaking badly of my work, like really bad, like they're talking and they don't know I'm going to see it, <laughs> kind of bad, and maybe they do know, you know, and kind of escape the trolls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly the trolling. But you know what? Stuff like that, though, there is truth to what they're saying, um, and that, and it definitely. I've taken some of those really hateful comments and I've I've taken all the just the meaty parts of it and thought about it and I'm like you know what even this person is being incredibly mean there is something to say about what they've said I mean they're saying it so they obviously thought it they're just adding an, an extra twist of meanness to it but yeah I mean even people can be pretty harsh on the internet but yeah I mean in terms of criticism people gotta pay attention to it you know and I think the issue is is if someone you know if someone says your work sucks and it's like okay well I mean that doesn't really help but if they say you know I've got to be no exactly and they can be mean when they tell you why but I think a lot of people turn their back on that and they're like, oh, they're just being mean. They're just, like you said, they're just trolling or whatever. But I think it's important that you don't turn your back on what they're saying. I mean, yeah, you can know that they're being an asshole, but, (laughs) you know, that doesn't mean that their opinion doesn't count. So, yeah, I I just think self-assessing is really important and, and knowing where you stand you know, just in the world of, of art and what you're trying to create and what you're trying to do. I mean, sometimes the best people to get criticism of your work from are the people that you know are going to hate it. The, yeah, the, oh, the, absolutely. They have no loyalty to you whatsoever. It's definitely not their style because then, then you can actually pick out the points as to why. If, if you want to make it a little bit more sort of commercially viable. Right. You know, why do you hate it? I know you hate it, but why? Yeah. Yeah, I, um, yeah, definitely. It's, uh, and that's the thing. I don't, I don't want everyone to look. And if anyone thinks that everyone is going to like whatever they produce or like them as a person, I mean, not, no one likes everything. And, it's crazy so I I definitely I don't want everyone to look at my work and be like oh I love that I mean it would be nice but yeah when when people are like you said when they're a harsh critic um it, it helps in I think it helps with development too because you know if you if you go home and you think about it you really turn it over in your head um it can really help you progress with your work and I actually always say, if I don't look back on my work from a few months ago, you know, if I look at a photo that I took, let's say six months ago, and if I can't find fault with it, or if I, I don't want to look at my work, even even now, and be 
100% content with it because if I'm 100% content with it, that means I'm admittedly not trying to, you know, reach the next level. It means I'm happy with what I'm doing and that I feel like there's no room for improvement and I don't want to feel that way. I want, even myself, I want to look at my work and not be fully proud of it. And it's that, funny that's because- similar with me as well. Um, I hate almost everything over a year old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And it's, but it's funny because sometimes I do go back and I see a photo that, you know, for a span of time, I was like, oh, I hate that. And then I look at it again. I'm like, I think I like that again. So it's, it depends, but it definitely, I think it, it's, it's, you know, I tell that to people about hating my stuff and they're like, that's not healthy. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, it is. It's not, I'm not depressing with myself with it. I'm just picking it apart because I, I want to progress. I want to get better. And if people don't do that, how are you going to get better? Like I said, if you're always a hundred percent happy with where you are in life, I'm not saying be miserable constantly and, <laughs> and hate everything, but I mean, you have to find fault with some stuff sometimes so you can, you know, kind of get ahead. So I think it's important. Well, you learn from your mistakes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, sometimes it, it depends. <laughs> You're talking to me, so. <laughs> so um, you mentioned before about your your father being having a massive influence on the the dark side of your work. Uh, where else do you draw your inspirations from? Um, I've always felt pretty alienated just growing up. Um. I, I just never felt like I fit in. I got made fun of a lot in school, so like I always have this. Um, I th I kind of think where that's the like the comments I get about my work a lot are people look at it and they'll be like, "That's beautiful," but it's it's so dark. It they just they're confused, not in a bad way. They're just like, I don't understand. Like I'm looking at this photo that looks almost horrifying or like a nightmare, but there's something like beautiful about it too and I think that's just me not really feeling comfortable with myself but wanting to like I can portray how I want to feel so my photos are kind of like how I do feel and but how I want to feel at the same time um so you know just feeling really uncomfortable with myself but wanting to feel beautiful um I think comes into play and just other than that, I mean, I, I read a lot. Um, movies are a huge influence. Um, Do you have music. Any, any favorites of the movies? There's, there's a certain movie that I have in mind, which I always think of when I see your images. Um, man, I have, there's like probably 10 movies that are huge influences. I, I love Eraserhead. I love The Shining, anything Stanley Kubrick, David Lynch. Um, God, I'm drawing a blank. Wes Anderson, anything by him is, he's ridiculous. I watch his, his movies and I'm just like, how did he even think of this? Like, I like watching movies where it, if you were to just pause it on any given spot, it looks like a picture, like it looks like an actual picture that you would want a print of. Um, Terry Gilliam, I love Terry Gilliam. Um, but like when I was growing up, I, wa I watched a lot of like kind of, 
I'm 34 years old, so I, I grew up in the 80s. So I, when I was a kid, like Labyrinth was huge. Um, I watched that all the time. There was a movie Legend that Tom Cruise was in that I absolutely loved. But what movie were you gonna say? <laughs> uh, the one that always springs to mind when when I see your work is is actually Beetlejuice. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Tim Burton. Yeah. Yes. I can't believe I forgot to say Tim Burton. Yeah, I um Oh yeah, Edward Scissorhands. Um yeah. ugh, I just when that movie came out and Edward Scissorhands that kind of embodied like I remember being a kid, I was probably only I think I was like eight when that eight or nine when that came out and I was like, oh my god, like and that's the thing, that movie was so bright and color colorful and beautiful, but it was like really dark too and like he felt alienated and I was just like yeah that was like definitely one of my favorite movies um oh yeah Beetlejuice is amazing but it's and got a Beetlejuice, very similar, um, similar look to some of the, your images yeah and Beetle I loved Beetlejuice because that I mean I'm, I'm into comedy too I really like comedy so that was like the perfect darkness and weirdness and comedy which they're actually making a second one I can't yeah. wait but um, yeah, movies have a huge influence on me, way more so than photographers. Like I like, I really like Francesca Woodman, Diane Arbus, but I don't, I don't really know like the photographer culture a lot. It's for me, it's mostly cinematic type influences. So and music too. Like I um, I listen to music all the time. I always have headphones on. Um, so even in my car, like depending on the song like I'll be listening to a song and uh, constantly playing scenes in my head for some reason which I'm surprised I haven't gotten an accident I'm probably I'm probably like blacking out when I'm driving not just blowing through red lights but Do you have um, a, a specific song that you play for editing when you're retouching um it's my my taste in music right now is so just everywhere for the past like 10 years i've just been listening to like metal and hardcore and just really heavy stuff and usually i listen to that kind of stuff when i'm like editing um but i i listen to like all kinds of weird stuff uh there's a there's a band that they're from like the boston area called the acacia strain uh, really dark, really heavy music, and I, I love listening to them. And they've been consistently really good musicians for, you know, the past, what, almost 15 years now? But um, but that's the thing, I, I've lost interest in... I don't know, I don't really listen to that, mu that much heavy music anymore, it's hard. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older, <laughs> you know? I'm like, oh, I'm getting old, I don't like the same stuff, but... Um, it depends. I uh, I don't know. It, it's I, I still like stuff that kind of has dark sound to it. I, I don't know how to explain it, but um, yeah, I'm pretty open-minded when it comes to that, you know. So um, I, when I'm creating my work, I quite often, if I'm working for a week or so and then I stop, I crash. Uh, just emotionally everything just drops would you say that you you suffer from the crash as I call it or absolutely it's it's funny I've never heard anyone like, say that before but absolutely and it's 
I've said it to people before. Like I, I have a few friends that are photographers and, uh, yeah, like they'll just be like, Oh, I just, I don't feel like doing anything. And I tell them, I'm like, let's, let's plan a shoot because then you have something to look forward to. But absolutely. I, I don't feel accomplished. I feel like worthless in a way if I'm not shooting, because I mean, really that is all I have. Um, I think about it. I'm like, well, I, what? I don't know what I would be doing if I wasn't a photographer. I'd be, I'd be absolutely miserable. I feel like I would have no worth in life. Um, so yeah, when I, oh God, if I don't, I, I shoot, you know, I probably once or twice a week, um, you know, heavily concept, concepted shoots. So yeah, if I if I go one to two weeks without shooting, which I think I am. I'm going about a week without shooting because I'm not going to be here this weekend. I, I actually have a, a gallery I have to set up in um, Washington, D.C. So I will, it'll be about a week or so. And yeah, so probably by Monday at this time, I will be <laughs> completely depressed. <laughs> but um, no, I, I absolutely feel the same way because it's... It's, I mean, people who aren't artists don't understand, like, doing, it's almost like us not eating or not drinking, or it's, we just need it, and I, I don't know how to fully explain that, but I understand, it's just, yeah, it's, even when, I mean, when that happens to me, I try to at least write down ideas or sketch out ideas, so I'm at least actively sort of doing it. Um, so even though I'm not shooting it right away, I'm in that creative, that's the thing. I feel like I always have to be in a creative state or I'm just nothing. If I'm not, if I'm not creating or even thinking about something creative, I, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm doing or what to do with myself. For me, that's, that's the time when I, uh, recharge my creative batteries. So I'll just go on massive film missions and just watch lots and lots of movies and I, I'm yeah. more movies than books so I just have movie after movie after movie and watch it twice yes exactly um yeah I um I, I do it's funny because I do the exact same thing and I it's good. I mean, that's the thing. You don't want to constantly be shooting or you don't want to constantly be creating and at too, you know, too much of a, you know, if you're doing like five shoots a week, it's like, it, I feel like it, it would be too diluted. Um, so even though I hate those periods of time where I'm not doing anything, I think it's necessary because like you said, you're, you're recharging. Um, and you're kind of slowing down and you're taking a breath and yeah, it lets you, instead of you creating, you're, you're indulging yourself in stuff that other people have created, which is important, you know, because it's, you don't want to sh completely shut yourself off from the world because all you're doing is focusing on your art because then that almost becomes obsessive. Um, which I, uh, you know, every so often I do and it's like, oh, I got to stop. And I feel like when I do that, like I said, I, my work gets really diluted. And normally I, you know, if I, I, I'm pumping stuff out and I do like five photo shoots a week and I, I only like like one of the shoots. So yeah, but no, I, I think it's, it's definitely necessary to, to kind of take, 
you know, not a ton of time off, but take time off to, like you said, kind of indulge in in other people's work. The sales of Ben and Jerry's ice cream goes up around that time also as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have Ben and Jerry's over there? I They started in Vermont, which is I a prefer, state. I prefer Haagen-Dazs, but yeah. Ben and Jerry's are nice. Oh yeah, we're this is like Ben and Jerry's country where I am. Like they, they, the Ben and Jerry's, the actual like main plant is only like two hours away from me. It's awesome. That would just be evil for me. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's it's really bad. I I can eat a pint. I can kill a pint in like a half hour, probably or less. <laughs> well, we're almost at an hour, so what? I'll do now is I'll, I'll wrap up so where can people find you so I'm on Instagram uh, my Instagram name is kjerzyk photo my last name is spelled j-e-r-z-y-k um, and then I have a website karenjerzykphoto.com and I'm also on Facebook um, I think if you just search Karen Jerzyk photo you can find me on Facebook um but yeah, uh, you can also find like my arrest record too if you do a Google search. Here's a fun fact. If you Google video search photographer trespassing, the entire first like three pages is the video of me on the news, <laughs> by the way. So yeah, if you do that, you can find me, which kind of sucks, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, that's great. Thank you for coming on to the onto the show and I hope lots of people come and view your work because it's definitely something to something to look at and I certainly enjoy it. Awesome. Thank you.